Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. I hope everybody is having an awesome day. I know that I spent last night driving in the craziest blizzard I have ever experienced in my life. I drove from Anchorage all the way back to the Kenai Peninsula around maybe six o'clock at night, and I could probably maybe see two inches beyond the hood of my car for about two hours. It was pretty nuts out there. But I can tell you this, Alaska State DOT was out there. I, pr- I probably saw three or four different, you know, high-speed plow, tr- those huge plow trucks um, in that section while I was driving, and I was going 40 miles an hour, so it took me a long time to get where I needed to go, but I appreciate Alaska State DOT being out there in the midst of such a nuts blizzard, and I bet that's probably the fourth or fifth or sixth time that that blizzard has happened over the past just this winter, so thanks, crew, for being out there when when most people don't want to drive, you're out there anyway. So, um, But without further ado, we have a very special guest today, Brenda Josephson. She lives in Haines. Brenda has been, uh, she's had a wide variety of service in the public sector. She was on the school board. She um, has been on the planning commission. She has been a board member of the Chamber of Commerce in Haines. She served for a term on the assembly down there. Very excited to have her on the show to talk about something that she recently has done. Brenda, welcome to the Mustry Alaska show. John, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm very excited you're on. Tell the folks, we're kind of going to get into a little bit later on on some of the things that you've done most recently and some cool things that you've experienced while being uh, serving the public. But tell me first, what brought you to Alaska in the first place? Everybody's got their story on what brought them here. So what's yours? Uh, it's, that's a good question. And, um, you you know, I tell everyone, be careful if you vacation in Alaska, you you might (laughs) stay. So, um, yeah. And, and what happened is my sister had lived for a long time in Nome. She moved up to Nome in 86, 1986. And was, my family was together and she's like, Brenda, you've never visited me in Alaska. Why, why haven't you come visit me? And so um, I, shortly after that, I made a trip up to visit her. She was living in Dillingham at that time. And she met me um, at, at the airport um, with a limo. I was terribly impressed. She took nice. the limo, took us down to Alaska, and um, the limo dropped us off. We're in Alaska. And she told me, she said, oh, I've got a confession to make. Um, when I told you I'd booked the rental cars, uh, I was too late. The rental cars are all sold out. Our, our, that was June of 2002. And it was just before summer solstice. Uh, we ended up taking the train down to Seward. And I looked at the beautiful blue sky and the mountains. And I said, I want to move here. And she said, and you know what? That blue sky is going to turn gray really quick. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, 
next thing I knew, I, I actually put my resume out. Um, I have a finance round to two places and I was hired on. So I actually took a job um, and I was living in Western Alaska then. I, I took a, a job in Dillingham where she was living. And, um, you know, once you get Alaska in you, you can't get it out. I ended up um, moving to Haynes in 08 and that was to follow another career path. So I, um, in both, both places, it was for employment purposes. Nice, so now you're in Haynes. You've kind of had a, done a laundry list of public service. You've been uh, on the school board for Haynes, on the planning commission. You've been a board member for the Chamber of Commerce, been on the assembly. You've kind of done a little bit of everything in Haynes as it relates to being a being in the public service sector. Tell me about one of your maybe favorite memories of of being in the public service. Oh, well, I, I'd have to say the most rewarding was um, on the school board. I, I enjoyed um, advocating for the kids. And I always took the perspective that the school board was there to advocate for the kids because everyone else had an advocate. The kids did not. So um, I actually kept a mantra, which um, um, one of the school board trainings, they, they said, you know, if you're trying to make a hard decision, always go back to one question in every decision you have. And that one question is, is this good for kids? And I felt that grounded me. And um, so working on behalf of the kids, making sure the kids had the services they needed, uh, the, the tools and supplies and all the assets they needed in order to succeed was probably my favorite. I did enjoy um, planning commission. I've been involved through my work with civil construction and uh, as well as uh, property development and planning commission uh, I enjoyed. It was all about these are what our code is. This is, uh, you know, the purpose of planning is to um, protect the certain areas for those development purposes. And it's one of the two things that are required uh, by the state of municipalities. One is for planning uh, and zoning, and the other one, of course, is education of your children. So <clears throat> tell, tell me, you know, there's going to be folks listening in here that maybe are thinking about, you know, running for something. You've ran for a number of different things, have been pretty successful. What advice would you give to folks who are, you know, teeter-tottering on the fence of, should I run for school board? Should I put my name in the hat for planning commission? Sometimes in boroughs and cities, those are appointed by the mayor, so they don't have to run for everything. Should I put right. my name in the hat for the assembly? Right. What advice would you give for folks, you know, as somebody that's been there and, and been successful at running and winning some of these kind of elections? Yeah, uh, don't do it half-hearted and, and stay true to your values. Yeah, I think that I think that's great advice. Yeah, and and you you can you you when you are serving in a public role, you it's your job to represent everyone and to do what's in the best interest of the community. So uh, that's my other advice. You got to listen, and you've got to research. I felt frustrated when I was on the assembly many times, where I felt like some of the other assembly members. Uh, I sometimes I wondered if they even read the packet before they got there, <laughs> let alone done the 
background research that they needed. Uh, they're, they're big decisions that you're making, especially when it's community-wide on the assembly. So you've really got to research. You've got to not just listen to your small group. You've got to reach out to everyone else, people you normally um, are not speaking to in your typical daily circles, especially if it's a controversial. You need to research and find out um, why is this controversial and uh, try to understand the other perspective. In my experience, there's generally really good reasons why people feel strongly um, opposing or, or supporting one thing one way or the other. So you've got to listen to both sides. So recently you have <laughs> to kind of taken on an undertaking. You've written a white paper about restoring public trust and how kind of the Alaska assesses people's private property. It's very fascinating. I think this is a topic that people are gonna care about all over Alaska. Cause if I hear one thing from folks, everyday folks in Alaska, it's that they cannot stand how their property tax seems to keep going up and up and up yet services to, in, in their mind, seem to kind of be dissipating every year. So right. what spurred you on to write this? Cause you know, this is quite a big white paper on the subject. Many, many, many pages, lots and lots and lots of research. What spurred you on to um, do this undertaking? Well, it, it, I uh, accidentally fell into it. I had no idea eight months ago I'd be here speaking to you today on this subject. Um, what happened was last April, I received a corrected notice in the mail for an assessment on a vacant lot that I own before I ever received the, the original assessment. And it was a vacant lot and it had a, a valuation for a single family residence on it. And I thought, wow, this, this is an obvious error. And I filled out the appeal form and one page, one sentence, this is an obvious error. This is a vacant lot, expecting it to be easily resolved. Well, um, without going in the details, I can tell you that um, it, it wasn't easily resolved. It was finally resolved over six months later on October 18th at a Board of Equalization hearing. Uh, they had assessed um, on, my, on a vacant lot uh, for a single family residence, a building that we put up in 2001, on our main home site, which was an outbuilding. It was a, actually a barn that we had put up. After we put up that building, we received an increase in our assessment of $121,000 the next year. I thought it was pretty excessive for about a $40,000 building, but I did not appeal because I've been on the assembly. I've served on board of equalizations and I know how hard it is to win an appeal. Mm -hmm. uh, so we just accepted it in 2022. And in this year, they said, oh, no, that um, that was not, that was just a normal increase that we, we did for you. That, we, we just adjusted that. That didn't include the building. And um, and so I had a, a um, large assessment. A and for punishment, they took my vacant lot when they transferred uh, the single family residence cost to my home site. They increased my vacant lot 45%. Jeez. Or no, uh, completely out of equity with everyone. So I felt it was retaliation. I uh, could not communicate with the assessor's office. So I started attending board of equalization meetings. 
by attending the Board of Equalization meetings, I started learning about everyone else's cases. And one of the early cases was a property that um, had a, the assessment increased tremendously. I think it was, um, it, they had an assessment in the 800,000s for uh, property that they went out and received an appraisal for the appeal, and it was 620 in the appraisal. When they took it to the hearing, uh, it didn't seem right. So the Board of Equalization referred it back to the assessor's office and and, and with full knowledge of the uh, appraisal, the $620,000 appraisal, he came back with a $1.1 million assessment on this property. Uh, it completely didn't make sense. I am a licensed real estate um, uh, salesperson in Alaska too, so I am familiar with real estate. And it not make any sense. I started paying attention. Uh, and what we recovered, what we discovered very slowly through through the months of all the board of equalizations, and we actually started forming together groups, talking, people I'd never talked to in the community before, um, and outside of my normal uh, group, which sounds unusual in a community of only 2,000 people, that there, there are some people you don't connect with on a regular basis. Um, we, what we started figuring out was uh, the reason these valuations were coming in is he was using a replacement cost new methodology in a mass appraisal system. And it really had, was regressive. The older buildings, the um, middle and lower income buildings were the ones that were receiving um, a disproportionate burden of tax. And, uh, and, and the injustice as the Board of Equalization uh, was, was uh, approving the assessors. Uh, their, our assembly unfortunately serves as a Board of Equalization, so we were shut out of talking to our assembly, letting them know about process errors and other issues. So um, the, the, uh, the Board of Equalization requested a retraining from the state assessor. On September 21st, he did a retraining, and in the retraining, and it was on public records, there's transcript, there's recording, he told them, basically, it's really, really hard. The assessor's got the assumption of being right. It's very, very hard to, under, uh, to overturn that. Uh, an appraisal is just an opinion. The assessor's opinion is an opinion, but the assessor's opinion trumps. So basically, everything's an opinion. Assessor's opinion Trumps, and um, he said, "Just if he said, just for a thought exercise, let me tell you this: if everything is assessed 150 percent higher than market value, and you can prove it, it doesn't matter as long as everything's assessed uniformly, because it's all about um, uh, spreading it out equally." And then a few minutes later in the training, he doubled down on that statement, says it doesn't matter if the assessor's gone crazy and it's 200 percent above. Um, market value, <clears throat> as long as uh, everyone is assessed um, equally 200%, it's okay. And uh, it, it, it didn't make sense. And, and also, it wasn't even true with what was happening because it was regressive. The older building, the lower income, it, it was regressive. Uh, and also, so, and we have a millage cap. So it's like, well, if we're 200%, then you're circumventing the voter approved millage cap. And uh, so the injustice just motivated me into activism. 
or advocacy, as I prefer to say it. And I started watching Board of Equalization um, hearings in Juno, found that they were going through similar issues. One appellant in particular articulated everything we were feeling. And I contacted him, and he's my co-author on the white paper. His name's Greg Adler. He's also an attorney, so he's a very powerful co-author. And um, we um, first we talked about his experience, my experience, uh, the experience of the group in Haines. And uh, I said, I want to write a white paper. I want to. We need legislative change. And he he agreed to co-author with me. And what um, I've sent to you, and I widely distributed it. If anyone wants a copy of it, hasn't received a copy of it, happy to send it to them. Um, because this, uh, we're looking, we're seeking action on this. Uh, what we're looking for is all we want is a fair and transparent requirements to protect the public from unequal and arbitrary valuations. It's that simple. <clears throat> we're not trying to get out of paying taxes. We just want it to be fair, transparent, um, and and not arbitrary. And one thing we really want is we want to prevent any of the retaliation that is mm. happened in hand. My property being increased 45% more with no justification, I'm one of many documented stories. And we have, um, I've sent many of those stories to the state assessor. He said he's going to investigate, but the wheels of justice are slow. Um, but that that needs that that type of extortion from uh, a public entity needs there. We need to put a stop to it. If people have a concern about their assessment, they should be treated with respect, not with threats of increases for how dare you. Um, question what we've assessed your property at. One appellant had four appeals. All four of his appeals were increased and they were increased significantly. One of them was another vacant lot that they increased for, for um, $10,000. None of them were because of new information, new buildings or site visits. It was just the assessor sitting in the office, punching in new numbers and sending out uh, a new assessment value because he appealed. Yeah, and that's just got to be frustrating for these folks that have taken the time to appeal through the Board of Equalizations, which oftentimes, even if you win, you have to reapply for your appeal the next year, you know, in, in that's the right. of the borough. Um, many of the frustrations with people's property taxes come where it, it's let's say it's too high and so they appeal let's say wow they were successful in appealing and they got it put down that process could take six months and sometimes it's already that almost that next year and you just have to restart the whole appeal process all over again as a concerned citizen and something about that in my mind is seems to be broken so what could people you know what what can people do if they are sitting listening to this thinking Finally, somebody has said right. the things that I've been feeling for, you know, decades about how Alaska assesses property and boroughs assess properties, and it's driven them crazy. And they're, you know, they think that there's, you know, nothing they can do about it because maybe they've tried to appeal and it's not worked out well, or they've experienced retaliation by the planning department, you know, essentially weaponizing their tools against folks what can they do? What are some of the things that they could do to have a positive change at, in this? 
And uh, that's a great question. And I, I want to let everyone know out there that this document was written by two appellants. Greg Adler was an appellant in Juno. I was an appellant in Haynes. Uh, we've got real world stories. These are all true stories that we're using to illustrate. But this isn't a Southeast Alaska issue. I've talked to people in Kenai, right there, Kenai Borough, where you're at, somewhere in Alaska. Talked to people in the Anchorage area, in Fairbanks. I need to re-update uh, this document, I will with those other stories. So it's not just um, a Haynes problem, but what can we do? What we have done with this white paper is we brought forward solutions. We've articulated challenges. Uh, I've got a real concern. The big issue in my mind is uh, due process is not being protected. And we've got a 14th Amendment right to due process. The statutes as they are written, protect the municipality's interests, not the public's interests. So in my opinion, this is something that our elected officials, our legislators need to act on because they have oversight of uh, all the municipalities. They have delegated this authority to tax for property to the municipalities. They, they continue to have oversight. And this is, uh, I, I want everyone to know, this is a rare opportunity for politicians to have a success because this is one of those rare times where it's bipartisan and it's revenue neutral and to stand up on behalf of the population, the public, it, it's a win for any politician and it's an election year. Why would a politician not want to support due process rights of the felons? Uh, especially when it's revenue neutral, if you have it um, spread equally, uh, it's it, all it does is, is uh, have it assessed properly. And when we've got uh, Haynes, I don't know if anyone knows Haynes' reputation, but we're, um, we've got a lot of opinions in Haynes. And we, if we were to have a, a uh, community breakfast, we couldn't even decide what the menu is going to be because we'd have one <laughs> saying it should be, you know, one but this is one thing when we passed a petition to terminate our contract, we, we passed, recently passed a petition to terminate a, a contract assessor who came in uh, last year who uh, put in place this mass appraisal replacement cost new system. And uh, in a couple of days, we had hundreds of signatures on it, completely bipartisan. As locals, it was really fun to see on one page the differing perspectives. And we, when we were getting the petitions back signed, we were like, when have these two people ever agreed on anything um, that's been in the public realm in, in Haynes? And they agree on this. So it's bipartisan. This is a win-win. We have brought forward solutions. And what we need the public to do <laughs> is get call up your elected officials, call up your senator, call up your representative, and uh, say it's time for change. <clears throat> we need to have, um, we need support in the, by senators and legislators. And if you want to read the copy, uh, get a hold of me. My uh, email is real easy. It's brenda at appalaska.com. Brenda, that's Alaska Power and Telephone. I'm sorry, it's appalaska.net. Brenda at appalaska.net is my email. Um, I'm real easy to find. If you want to get on the phone, uh, look me up, uh, 411, Brenda Josephson and Haynes, real easy to get a hold of anyone in Alaska. 
If you don't have a copy of it, I'll send you a copy. John, if you could make a link available to it, that would be great as well to this article. Uh, but I also want to hear your stories, and I want to know that people are reaching out to their um, elected officials and asking for change. The paper um, puts forward legislative uh, changes as well as legislative intent. That's the power of having a co-author who's an attorney who knows how the process works. Um, and it's it's um, and what what we stuck to is really just improving due process for people. That's awesome. So oh. folks listening in, I'm going to put a link to the to the white paper um, and I'll attach it to the podcast description. So if you're listening in on iTunes or Pandora or Spotify, iHeartRadio, go to the description uh, in this podcast and you'll find a link to the white paper. I want to encourage folks to read this because I think a lot of folks that are property owners in Alaska feel like they're at their wits end, like there's nothing that they can do. They've, even if they've went through a successful appeal process and won, why, you know, they got to start the exact same process the following year and it gets very, very frustrating. And so um, I want to encourage people to go read this and then go share it with your elected officials, go share it with your borough mayor, go share it with your elected house person, elected se state senator, and encourage them uh, to read the paper as well. And if you're, an elected official listening to this, please know that the process is broken, whether it's through the city or through the borough or through the state, the appeals process alone, that's the only thing I could speak to because when I was the um, chief of staff for the Kenai Peninsula Borough, man, so many frustrated people on the appeal process, that process is broken and it's not, in, it does not favor a simple process that uh, takes into consideration uh, people's opinions. Uh, and so I just want to encourage elected officials to to go read that and consider that. Brenda, any last minute thoughts before we head out here? 30 minutes has went by in a flash. Yeah, just I, I want to point out that this affects everyone in the community. We all pay property taxes. So it's not just something that our elected officials will be doing for property owners because property owners that um, are renting or leasing property have to pass on their costs. So if uh, it's affecting um, even anyone that rents or lease, and because of the regressive nature of it, it's affecting those that least can uh, are least capable to afford it the most. Yeah. And uh, that alone, I think, should motivate. This is a win-win situation. I don't understand why anyone would get on board. And I appreciate the opportunity to present it. Awesome. Well, I love it. It's going to be a, uh, <laughs> it'll be a very uh, challenging effort, but I think, and I hope that you're very successful. We wish you nothing but success here at Must Read Alaska. And, and I'm sure we'll have you on here again to hear any updates. For folks listening, watching, and reading Must Read Alaska, we want to thank you for doing that. If you want to help keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska, just go to mustreadalaska.com on the right-hand side. There's a little donate button. And if you want to help sponsor the Must Read Alaska show, please email me, john, J-O-H-N, at mustreadalaska.com. We have one of the most popular podcast in Alaska, and we're top 200 on iTunes in the USA, Canada, UK, and Australia any given month. And so uh, we'd love to have you as a podcast sponsor if you are interested. Um, until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thank you so much, Brenda, for joining us. Thank you, John.